This is Confessions of an Actress. I'm your host, Meredith Patterson. For the past two decades, I've worked professionally on Broadway, in TV and film in New York and L.A. This show takes you on the inside track of what life is really like in the entertainment industry. Let's get real. Welcome to another episode of Confessions of an Actress. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm really happy to have you, and I'm happy for your support of this podcast. I'm Meredith, your host. (laughs) Today, I have the great actor and writer, David Dean Buttrell. I was just so, so happy that he said yes to an interview with me because I don't know him very well. We met on the set of Boston Legal, which is a show we were on on ABC Network. We were both recurring guest stars, and we happened to do one episode together, but we were not in the same scene. And I remember joking around with him being like, I would love to be in a scene with your character. He played a character named Lincoln Meyer, which who was very creepy and homicidal and funny and poignant and all these wonderful things. And I played Missy Tiggs, um, who got married to Tom Selleck's character. And I had uh, a lot of moments of bursting out into song and snort laughing and all of those fun things. And I, I just had this dream that David and I, our, our characters, Lincoln and Missy, would just have some sort of musical moment together. That is how I met David. And we haven't really seen each other since. Um, he's an actor who uh, is in New York and L.A. And again, I'm just so happy he said yes to doing an interview because he just came out with a book called Working Actor, Breaking In, Making a Living, and Making a Life in the Fabulous Trenches of Show Business, which is so true. <laughs> he is uh, he has really given us um, a guide as working actors, and I encourage you guys to get this book wherever books are sold because it's everywhere. You can get it um, on Amazon, anywhere. And it the book is so easy to read, You know, we talk about that in the interview, but it really is a phenomenal book. And David is going to share some news about the book and the one-man show that is coupled with it. Um, You know, he is he is just a a a lovely person to talk to, and I I find that I just want to cheer him on all the time. And I'm so glad to call him my friend now. And I do hope that David and I get to share a scene or a set or a stage someday. And until that time, um, you guys get this book and follow him on uh, his Twitter handle is uh, quit quit your bitchin', <laughs> which I think is so funny. And I'll be sure to have all of the um, the social media that you need to follow for David uh, along with this episode. But um, I'm just gonna let you guys enjoy this incredible incredible interview with my now friend, uh, the great writer and actor, David Dean Bartrell. But I, I love, I, I love your book so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Meredith. I wish that I had that book when I was starting in the industry. Oh man, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I wish I'd had it then too. I know, right? It's, 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 you, you did just such a, gosh, just such a fabulous job with Oh, thank you. And it's funny because, I mean, we don't know each other very well at all, really. Mm-hmm. And yep. I, I I think you're just an incredible actor, but, like, you're such a fabulous writer. Like, I oh, just... thank you. Really, like, I was completely floored with it, and I, I didn't know a lot of your story, but we're going to get into all of that. Okay. 
But you got it. This is, I mean, basically, this is the this is the podcast. This is the start of it. It's just kind of right. talking talking about oh, life, okay. the industry, all of that stuff. <clears throat> all right. So, um, so have we officially started uh, we've, the podcast? We've officially started. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. Let me clear my throat and try to sound a little more professional. <laughs> we're such New York. <clears throat> we're New York actors. <laughs> Indeed. I'm actually in a, uh, I had to duck in somewhere because it's been a crazy day. So I ducked I into know. this little rehearsal hall thing. Okay. And of course, there's like there's like musical comedy people rehearsing everywhere around me. I love so it. So any moment, there may somebody may burst into may song, burst. but I but I think I'm okay <laughs> so right good. now. It's totally fine. That is you because you just closed your your one man show in New York, right? I did. I closed it on Sunday. I know um, it's amazing. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Um, uh, and I have some kind of fun news about that because um, Random House has bought the show. They bought my <gasps> one man show. And oh my we are, God. yeah, I know we're recording so it. Um, thank you. It is exciting. It's really exciting. We're recording it live, uh, in front of an invited audience. Well, actually two invited audiences in early September. And then we're, it's going to be released as an audiobook. Oh my God, David, this is incredible. This thank is you. so I'm, exciting. Thank you. I'm very excited by it. Oh my God. That's so great. You have had such a, I mean, this year has been nuts for you. I know, you know, I, have been following the, 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 you talking about writing, uh, your book, working actor, yeah. Yeah. um, and then releasing it. And, and I've been following the excitement, uh, through social media, which you're so great at, you know, just Thank making you. it all a part of it. But now this is, Oh, this is so exciting. I'm so happy for you. I mean, this is, Thank um, you. you know, I just, I'm always, I'm such a fan of people in this industry and, and, you and I have never really worked together, but we were on the same TV show. Yes, we were. Yes, we were. It's funny how that works. Isn't that funny? But I, yeah. I saw one episode of you and became a complete and utter fan. Oh, and you. now I'm com- a complete and utter fan of your writing. And I oh, just thank you. And now I'm so excited that the world is going to get to see your one man show. Now your book started as a as a one-man show right isn't that how you kind of started the book no actually the book started it's okay that's all right you don't have to be right about everything Meredith it's okay uh the book the book started um mostly because I moved back to New York that's really why it started yeah because I came back to New York after 23 years in Los Angeles and I thought, you know what, David, you got to do new things and try new projects and start thinking a little differently. Yeah. And I had been thinking about this book for a while um, and finally decided to just sit down and give it a whirl. So I, I knocked out a few sample chapters and I wrote a book proposal and I thought, what the hell, let's just spin the wheel. And unbelievably, I had beginner's luck and the book sold within two weeks after I finished oh the proposal. God. And yeah. then we were off to the races after that. And it's, it's, it's a couple of things actually caused me to write it. One of them was I just uh, – I kept having these experiences. Like I was in – I was in – this actually happened after I decided to write – after I'd sold the book. But okay. it's a classic example of why I wrote it. Yeah. Um, I was doing a little play uh, back in September in New York and um, at a small theater. And it was, it was a new play. It was fun. It wasn't a lot of money or, you know, it was just a nice small little thing to do. But I liked the play and we were working on it. And um, some people came to see it. And this woman stayed after because she was a Boston legal fan. Okay. And she asked me if I would sign her 
program. So, and, and she had a couple of specific things she asked me to write, and that was fine. And I was writing them down. And she was, of course, asking about Boston Legal, her favorite TV show. And then there was a little pause as I was writing. And she said, what happened to you? <laughs> oh, no. oh, okay. <laughs> Mostly because I think she took a moment to look around her and see that this was a small theater, you know. Yeah. And, and, oh, was like, what? and, and, and her question was like, how did I fall so far that I'm doing this play here? Oh, you know? yes. And it, it just reminded me that, you know, the, the, the weird definition of like, of success is fame somehow. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really not true. It just somehow is in the greater consciousness of the world. Everybody thinks to be a successful actor means that you are a famous actor Yes. and that you have some mansion in Malibu and that you have a townhouse in New York. And it, it's not for most of us, that's not really the case. And, and From, what, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we have this this giant middle class that exists and has always existed, but we don't get a lot of attention. Like nobody, everybody thinks, and everybody in show business is either starving to death or they're <laughs> a billionaire. Yeah. And there's this giant in between. And I've also started teaching in the last ten years of my life, which I really love. I yeah. absolutely love it. And in the course of this, I you know, as soon as graduation kind of rolls around. Uh, wherever I'm teaching, I start getting the emails with people saying, hey, can I take you out for coffee? And I know what's coming. And what's coming <laughs> is they're going to ask me the same question that I get asked over and over again, which is, how do you start? Yeah. And the answer is always the same. And it's very disappointing because I'm sure they're expecting some kind of you know mind-blowing answer. But the answer is you start by starting. Yes. And, uh, and then somehow it kind of unfolds in some way. And I thought, I, I kind of wanted to share my journey a little bit, but yes. I also didn't want to, to presume that my, um, my experience is everyone's experience, which is why I went out and asked all of those people I knew in show business to contribute quotes to the book. It's so um, brilliant that you do that, by the way. And just to interject you. really quick, like it, it, it's... I. I get that question a lot about well, how do you start? What do you do? And the truth is, is that everybody wants a clear cut answer. They want like yeah. a start and a finish. This is what you do. Right. This is how, and there is none with our industry. No. So no. what you did in the book by asking all of, you know, all of your friends and, and allowing them to sort of be anonymous, um, yeah. was really brilliant and really smart. And just, you know, like I said, I wish I had that book when I started because it's really, uh, it, it, it shows your side, your experience and, and then gives advice at the end of each chapter and gives, you know, bulleted advice, which I think is a, another brilliant thing. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. You, it's, it's awesome. And I even love the title breaking in, making a living and making a life in the fabulous trenches of show business. Which thank is you. So true. <laughs> it is thank fabulous. You. It's fabulous. Thank and, you. and you do, you, you, you talk about the reality of it, but you do talk about the positive side of it. You are a Absolutely. fan. You're a fan of this industry as I am, but it's not easy. I, you know what? It's, uh, I will tell you one thing. The, um, I like that title too, but that was not the original title of the book. Okay. Um, the the original title that I sold it under, um, I was in love with. I just thought it was so perfect. And then uh, Random House wound up asking me to reconsider the title because in the days uh, in you know 2019, 
selling a book has a lot to do with words that are going to show up in a Google search. Yes. Um, so that, hence, we have the new title of the book. Uh, but the original title of the book was called Overnight Sensation, How to Be Moderately Successful in Show Business in 35 Short Years, which, which I thought was a great title for because the book. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> I love that. Be an overnight sensation. Because the truth is, is going back to what you said before, where people have this one view of what we do as actors, and it's like you're either famous or you're starving, and there's no in-between. And the truth is, is that you can make a very good living and be very happy and not be famous, which I I know a lot of famous people who maybe would love to go back to not being famous and making a very good living. Um, I do too. But you're so right in, in... in talking about that part of the industry, because it's not known. And the working actor, I talk about it when I do master classes or things like that. That's a very good place to be. And it's a wonderful place to be. And you're kind of shining a light on that so brilliantly in your book. Thank you. Um, yeah. There's a couple of other things that I really, really wanted people to know. And they're sort of, they're kind of hard lessons to learn. And mm-hmm. no matter how I phrase it, uh, in the book, it sort of has to be lived through before you actually get it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I have been trying to kind of just put it out there and say, by the way, this might be coming, or you might sort of realize this along the way, or the sooner you can get to this state of mind, the better. But the biggest one is you cannot compare yourself to anybody else. Oh, that's so hard. I know. It's so hard. Believe me. I know. (laughs) It's hard even today. It's It's harder. I feel like it's harder today than it was maybe, you know, back in the eighties when you started or back in like, you know, the early nineties when I started because we didn't have social media. We didn't have this scrolling mentality of, oh, they're doing all this stuff that I'm not doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and living like you do say in your book in this electronic, uh, networking presence where you're, you're not, you're, it, yeah, comparison is death. I mean, this is a whole, that could be a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is a whole podcast in itself. It's a whole, probably a whole nother book in itself. But yeah. It, it is, it is the death of all happiness. Mm-hmm. As soon as you start comparing it, all the joy is just drained out of the whole thing. Yeah. And you don't, you can't really create anything from that position either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and the truth of it is, uh, you know, I, it, when I was in LA, um, I had a particular kind of career when I lived in LA and, uh, some, sometimes people would say, you know, and I was, you know, I, I was very blessed in many ways in that I was kind of this boutique item that came off the shelf every once in a while in LA. <laughs> and, yeah. and I always got, I mean, I, I got good things and then, you know, and usually on really good shows and, uh, and usually it was a pretty big part, you know, yeah. so it was great. Yeah. But then, but then there was a long stretch between that one and the next one, you know? Mm-hmm. And because they were fairly big parts on fairly big shows, and they, and those of course were rerun. People had this weird impression that I worked all the time, you know, yeah. that I was always busy. Uh, when in fact, if I added up the calendar days um, in my in my life of being a guest star actor, you know, yeah, um, it it was uh, I don't know, like maybe twelve days a year. <laughs> that I was actually working. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, right? Yeah, it's like. 
You know yeah. I mean? but, yeah. And yet people thought that was a lot. And then people would say, oh, my God, I'd kill to have your career. And I always wanted to say, no, actually, you wouldn't. You know, <laughs> you would not kill to have my career. It it's just, so you know, funny. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm more in terms of my television experience. It's been guest star actor as well. And I feel the same. Like I have people tell me, um, you know, oh, my God, you were doing Boston Legal and you were doing, you know, person of interest and all these things. And because they get repeated on TV that people do, they have right. this image of you and you're like, I haven't worked in a while. You know, it's, right. it's, it's the gaps that people don't see. But that goes back to comparison. That goes back to perception. Yeah. And you in your book do such a great job of, of kind of explaining that in your experience, Yep. Right. Because every experience is different. So I think that yep. that's important for working actors or actors starting out or actors who've been in it for a while to really see that we, we all go through those gaps. We all have those peaks and valleys. Right. And we have to not compare ourselves to the 1% of the 1% because they have their own problems too. They do. They do <laughs> indeed. Um, I, I, I have, um, you know, I, as we all probably do, you know, when you stay in this business long enough, you eventually get to know somebody or someone you have known forever becomes famous. And yeah. so I've got, I have a friend who is uh, extremely famous, um, who really struggles. You know, yeah. that's not an easy existence for that particular human being. And, um, and I think that sometimes this individual sort of regrets some of those decisions to really have pursued it at all. But too late, it's here now. Yeah, it's, uh, And they're yeah. making the best of it. Yeah. Um, it's something you can't go back from. And, you know, I, I don't know what that feels like. I used to, I mean, just as you said in your book, like you wanted to be famous and win all the awards and all those things and, yeah. and, and me as well. And I feel like that's like a, a side effect of the reason we get into the business. That's obviously from the passionate point of wanting to be an actor and wanting to, to be a storyteller and all those things. Right. But we have this glamorized view of celebrity and right. being a celebrity and how, amazing that must be. And we don't see the side of it that, um, living it actually, you know, creates like, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's also, I, I have a student or, uh, who just recently, you know, I, I think he graduated about maybe two years ago now and he is absolutely, I mean, he's going to be big. I can tell already yeah. things are just happening. And, uh, I won't go into all the details because I don't have clearance on that, but <laughs> but it's it looks very clear to me that he's going to have a pretty big career, certainly yeah. in television and maybe in features as well. But right now, it just it looks pretty good. That's exciting. It's very exciting, and it happened pretty fast. And yeah. I actually sort of predicted that when he was in my class. I sort of I, when I saw him working, I'm thinking, "Wow, you're sort of exactly what the industry is looking for right now." And so if you get out there and work it, I bet this is going to work. And it did. And it is. Yeah. And so it's exciting. And, it's, and he's having a pretty easy time of it. And, uh, and I, I knew people back in the day, also people that were my peers, that some people just were out of the gate and bang, they were in it. They were in it from the get-go. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of us kind of floundered around for a while <laughs> until we... Flopping on the beach, exactly. trying, to, trying to get some water, exactly. like, help me. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually we kind of figured out what it was we did, you know, um, yeah. which is the other kind of big journey for most of us is figuring out what we do. And it's not always what we thought we were going to do, yeah. um, which is the big surprise. And then we also get faced with reinventing ourselves Always. at least once, if not three or four times during our careers. It's quite an adventure on that front. Yeah. And you brought up a good point. So 
having, having success, like right out of the gate, do you find that that is harder or easier depending on obviously if that success goes away? Um, because I found in the theater world, you know, I've done most of my stuff I've done is in uh, theater in in New York that Uh people who get like their first Broadway show at a college, like all of a sudden they, they have this immense success for like five years, let's say, and then nothing. And it's harder for them to kind of pick themselves back up as opposed to the slow and steady success. And then, you know, I don't know. I mean, this is just me kind of like riffing on a tangent, but <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's harder. I don't know. I guess it depends on the person, right? I guess it probably does. I, it, it, it sort of depends. Like show business is so weird in that way. And New York and Los Angeles are so different in yeah. that way because, uh, New York has this incredible sort of sense of history. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can have had some success in the theater 20 years ago and people still remember it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and somehow they like, you know, willing to give you another shot, you know, because you had this success so long ago. And there, you know, I remember in Los Angeles, I would sometimes like run into these actors who had been on TV shows when I was a kid. Like I'd run into them at the car wash mm-hmm. or something like that in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, I'd be so surprised to see them there in some way. And, uh, and L.A. has a kind of a shorter memory in, yes. that, in that sense, unless you're just an iconic, iconic star in some way. Yeah. In which case, the, the door is always propped open a little bit. Or if you win, like, <clears throat> Oscars or Emmys or whatever you've won, sometimes that I, I refer to those as door stops because they kind of keep the door open yeah. for a while in show that's business. A good way of, <clears throat> that's a good way you know? of saying it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but you've always not, split... You've always split your time between New York and L.A., right? Um, I, you know, I, I actually didn't really. I, that was the intention. Yeah. But when I, when I, I, had, I had sort of a whole middle career, which I write about in the book, mm-hmm. which many people have, actually, which is the other thing I write about, is that sometimes, especially in 2019, if you want to live and work as a creative artist, you sometimes have to learn how to wear another hat. Yes. And, um, and when I was... Uh, when I was younger, when I was in my twenties, I looked sort of supernaturally young. So I played a lot of teenagers Yeah. and I was, I was playing teenagers right up until I was about 30. And then all of a sudden I didn't quite look like a teenager anymore. Yeah. And on top of which it was getting super creepy by the way, <laughs> uh, because <laughs> I was showing up, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. showing up for these auditions and sitting with real 18 year olds. And I was like, you know, 29 or something You're like, uh, this isn't working. <laughs> It was it was getting weird for me, yeah. and on top of which, the casting directors were like, "Weren't you eighteen like six years ago?" And, You're like, "No, so, not at all. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> nope. Just turned eighteen yesterday." Yeah, uh, and, and they can go- they can Google that stuff now. So you're like, "Oh God, okay." Um, anyway, I finally had this place where I was no longer eighteen. I couldn't play that, but I didn't really look my age, and I, I was kind of in this weird gap. And all of a sudden, after having worked for a long time. I didn't work. I just hit that, that place where I didn't yeah. fit. Yeah. And um, I went back to food service, which, by the way, there is no shame in that. Everybody does that at some point. But None I at all. Back. We've all done it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I was a little disappointed because I hadn't had to do it in a long time. And I, and I decided that I was going to try to write a play. And so I, every night after I got back from my shift, I would write a scene. And about two and a half weeks later, I had a play. Oh my God. And then I know, I know. And then <laughs> amazingly, amazingly that, uh, again, I'm going to go back to beginner's luck. 
that play uh, did get produced at the Long Wharf, and then it moved to the second stage in New York. Oh, my God. Um, That's awesome. I know. It was awesome. Um, it was really awesome at the Long Wharf. It was a great production. And then when it came to New York, as sometimes happened, everything was changed about the play. There's a whole new, you know, the, suddenly we had this ridiculous set, and we had all these different actors, and we had to have some names in there, and all of a sudden, and the whole thing got fucked up, and it was a disaster when it got yeah. to New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the script was still funny. The production was not funny, but the script was funny. And then I got imported to Los Angeles to work as a writer because of that script. Right. Which you mentioned in your book, obviously, but yeah. how did, so, so backing up for a second, how did you start writing? I started writing because, um, it's funny when I, I had a little theater company that I belonged to, like most of us do when you're in your twenties, you mm-hmm. belong to some theater company. And, um, I took a shot a couple of times in their little writing workshop they did and wrote a couple of one acts and they were actually really well received. They were just kind of fluky things that I thought of. They weren't terribly long. And people gave me a lot of encouragement about writing. Yeah. And I immediately dumped it because I did not want to be a writer. I wanted to be an actor. I didn't want yeah. people to think of me as a writer. And I was a little afraid, afraid of having to actually come up with the goods. And I had no training as a writer. I wasn't a particularly literate kind of guy. And I just walked away from it. And what happened with the play was um, in the olden times when people used to write letters, my mother would write me a letter once a month. Oh. And, um, that's awesome. I come from, well, you say that, but. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, it okay. was. I'm sure it was awesome. But uh, anyway, back in those days when she wrote letters, yeah. um, I come from a very big, uh, very rambunctious, very, very lower middle class, working class family uh, that has its problems. Yeah. And it's, it's a huge group of people. Um, and my mother would write me these letters. There were four pages back to back of nothing but bad news. Oh. It was literally four pages. I'm thinking it's like a love letter. Like, no, no, know, no, no, oh, no, no. Okay. Well. No, it was just like news from the family and oh, it was yeah. all bad. Like every paragraph was bad news. Oh. And, and, and <laughs> oh, it, it, it became like hilarious the longer you read it because it was so unrelenting, you know? And so my <laughs> friends actually... <laughs> When they would visit me in my apartment, they'd say, have you gotten a new letter from your mother? And I would say, yeah. And I would read these letters, and we would all, like, be rolling on the ground laughing. because. <laughs> and there was one in particular she sent that was a classic. It was just a, It was the most hilarious. It, it, it could not have been funnier. And from that <laughs> came the play. And in the first scene of the play, someone reads a letter. And it's not actually one of my mother's letters, but it is in the style of my mother's letter. Okay. And, um, and so that actually is where I began, was that. Like, thank and, you, Mom. The first... Thank exactly. you, mom, for the <laughs> And thank you for my thank you to my family for doing all the things they do. You know, exactly. You never know. See, I, I, I actually, as I was mm. reading your book and I was I was reading about your writing and and all of that, I was like, where did this? Where did the writing come from? Because I always am curious how, uh, you know, those of us who are artists who do multiple things, where yeah. they all kind of spawn from, and um, right. and yeah, that's that's. Um, I, it's it's funny because it, I feel like you just are you're just a natural writer like you said you didn't oh, have any thank you. you didn't have any training at it and it's something that I can totally understand how you don't want to be seen as a writer as you want to be an actor but I feel like in this industry to survive you kind of have to do both or more than one thing and create your own content I mean what you're doing with your one man show because this isn't the first one man show you've done. No, it's you, not. You, actually. You've done working and then 
Yeah, um, and then this one is this is a revival of the one uh, David E. Mitchell makes love that was such a big hit. Yeah, uh, this is the a new like 2019 version of it, and it's pretty substantially revised. But yeah, um, but do I, you find that do uh, do you find that you need to do more than one thing if you can't be? And I, I say this in the nicest way, not just an actor. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like no, you know what I mean. You uh, have to do more yeah. than that. Um, I'll tell you, um, I never thought the day would come that I would say this out loud and mean it. But at this stage of my life, um, I have done so many other things. I have directed and I have Mm. produced and I have uh, written and written in several different mediums. And um, I I honestly think now if I was looking at the rest of my life and thought all I'm going to do is act from this point on, I would feel kind of sad about that. Yeah. Um, Because all of those other worlds are amazing. They're amazing, incredible, creative worlds that open up a whole new side of you. Yeah. So one of the things that I talk about in the book is um, to stay open to all of that. Yes. Because many, many people who've started out as actors have become amazing writers or amazing directors or amazing producers or amazing designers. And so there, the, the real, the, the, the golden, you know, the golden, what is it? The golden ring that we're all chasing is making a living creatively. Yeah. Because that's a very, to create, to do something creative like that is a very happy existence. And, and when you start doing it and you're actually for real using your talent and doing it successfully and having, you know, connecting to other artists and, and working in that wonderful collaborative ensemble feeling that, that is, I, I don't know any other industry that has it like we do. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. It, and it, so it doesn't really, you don't really never really have to be the actor to have that feeling. So, uh, I now um, really, I, I kind of wear all those high fittings now without any apology because it's much more common now than it was, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah, and I people, mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that, that nowadays it's, you can, you can wear so many different hats and you're not um, labeled as just one thing. And I, I, don't, I don't think you should limit your talents in any way. Because um, I think some of the best directors and producers and all of that have have. Uh, come from other other branches of this industry you know maybe they started as an actor or 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 they're just you know they they started as a writer and now they're a producer or or, you know it's all kind of um woven together and it's so collaborative and i i I agree with everything you said It, it is something to embrace absolutely i'm always so grateful i don't know about you but i'm extremely grateful when i have a director or even a writer who has been an actor yeah. I'm talking, oh, yeah. I'm talking about when I'm, when I'm working as an actor. Yeah. Um, I so appreciate that because of all of those various job titles, the, um, the acting job is the most sort of mysterious to mm-hmm. most people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I find, as I'm sure you have had this experience as well, sometimes people don't really know how to speak to us. Yes. They don't really know how to communicate to us. And it can be very clumsy yeah. and very um, and, and sometimes counterproductive. And I also dislike it when uh, I feel like a director, particularly a television director, is afraid to talk to me because they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing mm-hmm. and completely like derail the train or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, so absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate think, people who are good at it. Yeah. And I, and I, I feel like, um, you know, sometimes when I, you know, in, in, in the little TV that I've done, uh, when I'm left alone, sometimes, you know, and, and every actor is different. Some people crave feedback, some people don't. Uh, but, but yeah, I've had some people say something that has kind of derailed me, like you said, 
Um, and I, I, do you feel like it is individual or do you feel like, like you particularly want, um, to have somebody who has come from the other side of the camera, uh, directing you, or is it just, you know, I I don't know. Um, You know, the people there in television, uh, especially because it has to go fast. Mm -hmm. Like it it can't, it can't go any other way, but fast. So I I get that they don't want to get into long conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I've had some directors that I thought were just fantastic. And um, I remember being, you know, on the stand at one point, you know, uh, and the director came up to me right before we were about to shoot and said, this is a chess game. Don't let him win. And I thought that was the most fantastic direction. Yeah. It was so concise and on the money. And I said, Hell yeah! That's I'm I'm in. That sounds fantastic. That sounds he, fantastic. Yeah, it does. And he didn't say volleyball game. He said a chess game. A chess game. Absolutely. You know I mean? Absolutely. And so I thought, fuck yeah, I can play. Sorry, I just swore on your podcast. No, you, you, um, you, we, we can swear. We can say fuck and shit and bitch and motherfucker. Uh, but that was great. That was really amazing. I thought that was great direction. And when people can make it that on the money, yeah. it's really fun. It's really, really fun. If yeah. somebody comes up and says, um, hey, can you make that? That's kind of big. Can you make that smaller? I Ooh. always want to like scream. That's <laughs> hard. Uh, yeah, you're like, I think, <laughs> I know. I feel like a bad actor. Like yeah. I feel like, I, you know, like I'm not good when they say things like that. And it's very hard to take that and translate that into something that's creative and interesting and that makes me want to do the next take. But I can do it, but it's, it's nicer if they understand that this is a somewhat more playful art form. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. That's totally, that's right on the money. And you, you mentioned being on the stand. So I want to kind of go to how you and I met and yeah. you might, you might correct me. Cause I'm trying, I'm, I remember meeting you on set. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had seen your previous episodes, uh, on Boston legal and I wanted to do, I wanted my character to be in a scene with your character. I know. That would so have been wonderful. Because I that thought would have been wonderful. weird and quirky characters. I know. I know. That but would have been great. I, I just loved your character so much. And I was so you. creeped out by him at the same time, Thank which you. is very Thanks. hard. That's a very hard dynamic to do. Like I loved you, Thank you. and then was scared of you. <laughs> but you know, what's crazy is when I, when I, uh, when I Googled you, uh, mm-hmm. that's the first thing that comes up is that, yeah. you know, you are best known for playing the creepy and homicidal Lincoln Meyer on eight episodes yep. of ABC's TV series, Boston legal. So I yep. want to go back to how did that role come to you? And what I, I know that I think you said David created, created it for you. Um, um, in a sense, in, in a, a sense, sense, he did. Yeah. Um, what, uh, I, I mean, this is one of those, uh, really truly remarkable stories in the world of show business, because yeah. it was one of those things where my phone rang one day. And at that time I was working as a writer and I had been working as a writer successfully for quite some time. And I didn't have, I, you know, I mean, I hadn't acted in, I don't know, seven or eight years. I hadn't done anything. I hadn't pursued it at all. Oh, wow. And, and I wasn't trying to. I didn't have a picture and resume. I didn't have an acting agent. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking for it. Now, once in a while, and that, that had been for a while, actually. I mean, for, I really had, had left it for, you know, my and God. And was, was there a reason for you leaving it? Sorry to interrupt you, but like. Yeah, no, there... no, no. I, I just, when I came to L.A., I came as a writer, basically. Yeah, and yeah. I just ceased to pursue it because I, I again, looked like I was, 
you know, it not, was your gap, 19, but yeah, it was it my was, gap years. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I, I threw myself into writing 110%. And I was very lucky. I had, um, I got some very big representation. And so I had a humongous agency and I was getting good jobs. And, and I literally had taught myself how to do the job of being a screenwriter from books. I yeah. learned it from books. Oh, wow. And was, <laughs> yeah. And I was good at it and I learned how to do it. And then one day the phone rang. And it was this casting director who uh, had remembered me from a play I had done 20 years before and said, uh, there's this part in Boston Legal, and uh, do you want to come in and read for it? And I said, no, I don't, but thank you for asking. (laughs) I don't really do that anymore, but thank you for asking. That's very nice. And and she, to her credit, it's Nikki Valco, who's just Uh a wonderful casting director, Uh, to her credit, she would not let me go. She wouldn't let me get off the phone. And, um, and she said, you know, and I said, why, what's the deal? Like, why me? Yeah. And she said, they want somebody weird. And I said, <laughs> and she said, I just remember you from this play and the play she remembered me from, I was playing this teenager who had had, um, this very traumatic brain injury. And so he was kind of scrambled. Yeah. And, um, and she said, I just remember just how the way you were in that play, you just were so weird in such a kind of a truthful, kind of unique way, weird. And I, and I said, well, that's nice of you. And what is this role that you're asking me to come in for? And she said, it's described as a creepy, effeminate Truman Capote type. Oh, my God. And, uh, yep, and I, I, yep. you know, and again, like, I didn't really want to come in. And she sent it to me. And I kind of agree. She said, I'll get you in early. It'll be easy. And I said, OK, OK, I'll come in. And she sent it to me. And it, it that was the description. And I don't do Truman Capote. Like, I don't. I don't do that particular imitation. But you, thought, what? you, whatever you did, I mean, keep going. Whatever you, you did no. was so like, I want to hear about how you created the voice um, of Lincoln. Was, I, I, I will tell you that that it, it came about because I was thinking I've got to do something and I yeah. can't do Truman Capote. So what am I going to do instead? And I, and I remember it and I thought the character was wealthy and I thought, who do I know who was wealthy? And I remember this guy I used to cater for when I was putting myself through acting school. Okay. And he was this very eccentric guy. And he lived in Murray Hill. And um, he was kind of, I, I, I tell this joke a lot, but it, he, he belonged to a race of people I think that are all dead now called wasps. <laughs> yes. Um, but he, in those days, in the 1980s, there were still wasps. I think they're all gone now, honestly. They're all gone. <laughs> but, but I think they all just intermarried into other yeah. races. But. Um, but they existed at that time, and they uh-huh. were this, he was this weird, like very kind of East Haddam, Connecticut. He had a really strange kind of Catherine Hepburn kind of accent, and he was incredibly detached from the real world. And um, he was clearly gay, but he's always talked about this girlfriend that never seemed to show up at any of his parties. <laughs> and, and he just was a big drunk, and he would, and as he got drunker at his parties. He would, um, and he always asked me to bartend. So I saw a lot of him at those parties. Okay. And he would always, um, uh, he would talk with great confidence about things that he knew nothing about. <laughs> and I thought that was fascinating. You know, as, as a young actor, he was a character. He was a really a, a big character. And, and so you I were doing, you were doing this character study on him. And who knew that years later you were going to be tapping into this? That's just so fascinating to me because well, I love. I'll tell you. I love people watching, and and you never know when you're going to take. From something, someone that you knew years ago, right? It's just fascinating to me. There's a whole chapter in the book about how when you do these jobs, yeah, waiting tables or being a nanny or whatever it is, you you will years later find that experience incredibly valuable. 
It's so really true. Well. No, it's, really it's well. such a, such a valuable uh, lesson. And, and what you, when you talk about that, I, I completely think back to many jobs that I've done and people I've observed, but this, oh obviously this, this man that you observed was who you tapped into. I mean, it's like, he sounds exactly, he sounds perfect. Well, <laughs> when Lincoln. I started, I had the, <laughs> I had the material, you know, the sides and I started just saying it out loud in his voice in my, yeah. you know, or at least as I remember him anyway. And, uh, and in the, in, as Lincoln was written, Lincoln was very, con- well, I should put it this way. He was sort of saying these things that were sort of incriminating. Mm-hmm. And I found that when I said them in this guy's voice, who was always very confident, mm-hmm. when I said these things with this confidence, it sounded just batshit crazy, you know? <laughs> and I thought, well, that's kind of funny. You know, that's sort of a funny thing. Yeah. So I thought, fuck it, I'll take this in. And so I took it in, and at that time, it was a one-time only uh, appearance. It was just one episode. Yeah. And um, I went in, and I, uh, David was not there when I read, uh, but uh, the executive producer and, like, everybody else that was sort of making decisions in the room were in there. And I went in, and I did it, and they, they wouldn't let me leave the room. They kept keeping me in there, and I must have been there about 20 minutes. Oh, my God. And they, and they kept asking me to read the sides over and over again. And then we would talk, and then they would, and they didn't. And they say, I'd say, do you want me to do this differently? And they say, no, just do it again. And then, like, they couldn't stop laughing. And then when I left the room, <laughs> um, finally, when they let me out, uh, somebody chased me out into the you know, hallway and said, can you stay in this general neighborhood, like in West L.A., for uh, the next, like, two hours? And I can't tell you why. But just stay here. Oh and I said, okay. okay. So I went to like the Starbucks and I sat for two hours and like read the paper or something. And then uh, they call me and said, you have the job and go, you have to go straight to wardrobe. Oh my God. Then, That's amazing. It was amazing. And then I got the script, the, the rewritten script. And it was clear from the rewrite that I was going to return. Oh my God. And then, and then David just liked that character so much from that point on that it just became this big arc and it was an amazing experience because it was kind of truly sort of a collaboration from that point on. And as you know, because he wrote that wonderful character for you as well, yeah, he is kind of a genius at kind of plugging into what actors do well. Oh, it's and so then, true. Yes. You know I mean, like yes. he does that with all of his shows. He just sort of finds what that actor does well and he writes to it. He writes the scripts to that talent. Yes. And, uh, and so it was just this amazing thing. And it just, you know, as you know, just kept getting bigger and bigger. And, um, so it was quite a, it was kind of, and it was my 15 minutes of fame, like everywhere I went. And during that period of my life. So um, far, it's your 15 minutes of fame. It's so far. Thank you, Meredith. That's very sweet of you. It's very true. Uh, it, no, it's it, your, your character and your arc on that show. Um, I, you know, it's, it's just so, I didn't know any of the story and it, 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 you, you exactly described it as, uh, it's a, it's like what everybody wants to happen in this industry. You know, you want, you want to get a character or, or an, or an audition or, or a situation like that, um, to happen to you. And it, it did. And it did in such a, uh, amazing way. And this character was just so crazy, but lovable. I don't know if that's well, a really good way to describe that, it. Sure, that, yeah. I mean, that's as good as anyway. I mean, it was, it was, it was, uh, David, I, I mean, it was an incredible thing because his writing is so extraordinary and he really took it all over the place because it, it would go from being very funny to very kind of frightening and sinister to yeah. being 
uh, kind of poignant at times as well. Yeah. And uh, so it was, it was all over the place. It, it, how, that experience, though, to bring it back to talking about our profession, it, it really, I, I had been away from acting for a while when that one landed in my lap, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, was, it was interesting to be back in it after having been away from it and have, having observed acting from the outside as a writer. Yeah. And suddenly I was back in it. And um, it taught me a, a really good lesson that has helped me a lot as a mature actor, as a grown-up actor, which is um, I learned to never try to get the part. Oh, that's um, such a good, that, yes. It's, it's such an important choice. And it has gotten me some wonderful parts because I, I really made no effort to get the part. I'm, I, I have gone in there, like I can, I can tell you, which I won't bore you with, but there's, I can tell you several shows that I was on that I had a great part, a really wonderful part, and I got it because when I read the script, when I read the sides, I thought, oh, I'm not right for this. So true. I'm not right for this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know who they're going to hire. They're going to hire this guy or that guy, or I should just call up the casting office and say, listen, this is who you should call because he is this person, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm not this person, so therefore I'm not going to get this. And instead, what I would choose to do is I thought, okay, well, if I had to shoot this tomorrow, like if I was going to play this part tomorrow, how would I make this work for me? How would I take what I do well yeah. and, and, and use some version of this to be presentable if I had to shoot it tomorrow? And so I would, I would start bringing that into casting director's offices. I stopped like trying to do it the way I figured they probably wanted it done and tried to show them what I personally was good at. It's such and a good lesson. It's so it's smart. It's a great lesson. It's really and, hard for some people to do that because they feel like if they don't get the part that they lost yeah, the part and the right. part, the part was never theirs. There's all, you, you hear about all these people who were like, go in there. And, you know, I heard when I first started go in there, like you don't care, like you're right. not. And I'm like, I can't, I'm so invested. I love this business. I want right. to work. So it's, yeah. it's that, it's that dichotomy. It's kind of going back and forth between like, I have to act like I don't care. I have to be cool. I have to not be nervous, but I have to, you know, the way you described it is so smart because not only does it take, um, the idea of you trying to do something for them, it's you bringing your artistry and what you do well to the, the part and that I always think of it like, this is my performance right now. This is me right. doing it right yeah. now. I may never yeah. get to do this again. If I do, right. great. I get paid for it. But this is my performance right now in that the room. That's exactly right. And that's exactly right, Meredith. But it's taken me, you know, 20 years in the industry to get that <laughs> lesson hammered into my head, you know. Um, I think, you know what, I, I think it takes everybody 20 years to learn that. Honestly, I shouldn't say everybody. I'm sure there's some people who are much faster than you and yeah. me, but most people, it does take a while to get to that place because you, you have, I think it takes a while to figure out what you're good at. It really does. Yeah. And to believe it, to actually believe it, to like mm-hmm. trust yourself and go, you know what? I, I am good at this. This is what I do. This is my thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I am a, I'm a contender at this particular kind of character, this particular skill that they're asking me to pull off here. So it's, and, but once you get some sense of what you're good at, I, my God, show it. (laughs) I mean, like show it because yeah, I always think, you know, okay, if you don't, I'm not right for this. Let me tell you what I am right for. Let me, let me take this opportunity to show you what I'm good at. So you can call me in for that. Yes. And it's being confident and not cocky. It's being, um, just know, yeah. Knowing what you're good at, because I have to say my audition for Boston legal, I was doing a play at the Geffen. 
and David Kelly uh, came to see it. And I didn't meet him afterwards, but he uh, called the casting director and had me come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was in front of a camera, the casting director, and then the reader. No, I think it was just me and the casting director and a camera. Right. And I did my, the scene and all I heard was like snort laugh and she's mm-hmm. quirky, you know? Right. And, and then I had to sing. And so I was like, okay, um, that's great. And I can sing something and whatever. And I just impersonated my mom who, when my mom snort laughs, she thinks she's embarrassed and she thinks it's funny. So then she laughs at herself even more. And it's like this of constant course. cycle. And I, and I did this audition and I in no way thought it was funny. I got no reception from the casting director. I left the building. This was at the the studios in Manhattan beach. Sure. And I left the studios. I remember walking to my car and I was like, I need to go to class. Like I'm bad. I'm not really, sure. you know, I, I, yeah. this is just where, and I'd never been on television before at all. Right. And I was really, really, I had no confidence in all of it. And I just feel like that part was meant for me. I don't know if it's because David saw me, um, in, in the show. And he had an idea of what he wanted this character to be. And I could sing. I always say that I kind of cut out the competition cause I could sing, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it goes right. back. It goes back to, to what you were talking about, about being confident in what you can do. I was not, but I still got the part. And then he kept the part was only supposed to be one episode as well, just like you. And it turned right. into more than that. Um, yeah. And was just a tremendous experience for me. And David's writing is just so you just have to do what's on the page. Yeah. For me, I felt yeah. like everyone was like, you're so funny. And I was like the writing, I really yeah. would always go back to, I'm just doing what's written. Like really, I, I feel like absolutely. he's so good at that, but I hope that kind of helps people and, and you know, bring up a point of like, you can, if, if a part is meant for you, I think it's going to be yours. I don't I know. Agree. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I have been on the opposite side of the casting table. You mm-hmm. know, I've sat in, and maybe you've had that experience as well. Yeah. And, and some remarkable people come in and, and are so good. And yet they cannot be cast because of things that are completely out of their control. Yeah. Uh, you, you are too tall. You don't look like the other people in the cast. You don't, you know, you can't, I can't cast you as a part of this family because you don't look anything like the other people who are going to be cast. Absolutely. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> or things that are just not going to work for some reason, or you're too old, or you're too young, or you're too something. Yeah. And it, it doesn't mean you're not amazing, and it doesn't mean I don't want to work with you in the future. But uh, I, I always, I, I actually, what you said a minute ago is, is I think the genius of it, and it's what I try to do as well, is I think, you know what? For 15 minutes tomorrow, or maybe for three minutes tomorrow, that part is mine, mm-hmm. and I'm going to play it. Yeah. And then I'm going to walk out and be done with it. And if they want more, they'll let me know. But if I, if I do that, if it's clean, and I just go in and do my work and show them what I'm good at, then I did a good job, and that's the best I can do. And it will yeah. result in more work in the future, if not this job. Yes. Yeah. But if I panic and try to make everybody happy all the time, or try to guess what people want from me, and I don't bring any creativity to it, and I, all I'm really bringing to it is some kind of desperation, then it's yes. not really probably <laughs> going to be my best work. You know, I'm not going to really do the best work I could do. Yeah. So it, it, that takes guts, though. you got to have guts to do that. And that usually comes with time. Um, and you, you realize, yeah, you'll survive if you get this job or don't get this job. And, 
it's a it's such a strange profession, you know. It's really, it yeah, truly, it truly is. And it really is. <laughs> one of the things that I tried to write about in this book also is sort of the life that you are choosing mm-hmm. to get into here, um, because it is it is very much threaded into your personal life and your real life. It's it's not like being, you know, it's there's, you don't really go home from this job really ever. No, um, and you, a lot of people you, won't understand it. They're going to be like, well, you're an actor, but why aren't you working as an actor? Or what happened? Right. Or like like that woman said right. to you, what happened to you? And you're like, right, uh, exactly. I'm, I'm right in front of you. I'm acting. Right, I don't right. Know. exactly. Precisely. <laughs> they, don't, they don't understand it. And I think your book so eloquently um, helps people understand it. And I would give it to everyone for Christmas. If like oh, you're, thank star- you. you're starting as an actor and you're like mom and dad, grandma, aunt, uncle – this is what I'm doing. And if you don't understand it, read the book and then maybe you'll have a little more understanding of what it is. Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, You know, there were, there were things that I just felt like, I don't know. I just felt like there's so many things that are kind of, when I, when I picked up the other books on this subject, or at least the ones that I saw that were available, I picked up three before I started reading and I did not, I was unable to finish any of the three books because I just didn't find them to be a pleasant experience to read. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and at a certain point, I wondered from what experience this person was writing. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, um, and I thought, well, if I have nothing else in this life, I have a lot of experience. Yes. And, and I have tried to kind of keep my eyes and ears open, and I, have, I actually enjoy learning new things and have learned a lot um, from this business. And so I, there were just some things that I know, you know, that can derail us a little bit, like things like jealousy or, or things like being afraid to, um, uh, ask for help or to be a, to afraid of networking or creating a network and going out and doing those things that keep you, uh, connected to your community, because that's where the work's going to come from in the end. It's not all going to come from your agent. A lot of your work is going to come from people you have worked with or people, you know, or friends of yours. That is, that is the truth. Yeah, that's the truth. And Um, the way that you say it is so great because you have humor behind all of it. You're coming from a place of experience. I mean, when I, when I first opened your book to read it and read the, just the chapter to just the way you titled the chapters, I was like, this is awesome. Thank you. It's not, but it's also not a how to book. And I, and I know the books you're talking about when you see like a book, like working actor, how to break in the business. And you're like, okay. And you feel like it's not coming from, like you said, a place of experience. And I think not only that, but the way that you are, the, the, the methodical way of, of, of talking about your experience, seeing other people's experiences and giving advice threaded throughout that is just so yeah. well done. Oh, um, and you. I, and I flew through it really. I mean, it's 200 and something pages and I was like, and I'm done. Oh, <laughs> thank amazing. you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, true. I, I tried to make it as funny and as honest as I could. Um, straight and you, through, and, and it, you succeeded. You succeeded. Thank you. Yeah. And there's some. Uh, there's some. Uh, almost every chapter opens with a little story mm-hmm. uh, that then turns into what it is we're going to talk about in this chapter. Um, but it's 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 been. I've been really thrilled with the response that people have given it. Uh, it's. I, I don't think this is a very human business, mm-hmm. and I wanted to write the most human book I could about it. Yeah. Um, and I also wanted to make sure that I didn't rain on anybody's parade. Um, and, you know, I, I, I have people ask me sometimes because I teach, uh, not people in the business usually, but uh, people will say, 
well, you know, when you teach, do you ever just sort of tell some, you know, young person, listen, you don't have it. You need to get out. You need to like, you know, go somewhere else. No. And, and <laughs> I no, no, I would never say that to anybody. Um, because for openers, when I, I don't know that I was so great, frankly, when I started yeah. and, and I also had no clue what I was getting into. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, absolutely no idea what I was getting into. And so that's true for, I think, most of us. And then once you're in, in there, it's sort of like, it's like kind of one of those Russian dolls. I just, you, you just keep opening and opening and opening. <laughs> Matroshka <And> doll. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and you, and you find out what it is and you find out if that is your thing or not. Yeah. Because, because it does not change. It never changes. Yeah. Uh, I was, I know, was, it, I was ignorance on fire. I, I just went to New York at, at 18 years old and wanted to just be in the business. And I was, you know, just, just flailing around. And I had, I had talent from my small town, but, but I feel like that any teacher that says you're not going to make it, it, they're projecting something else because I, I don't know about you, but I know some people I've known since college who are now famous, who I was like, I never would have thought they would have been the famous one. Not, not that it doesn't mean they're talented, but it's just that this business it's you never know what's going to evolve in that yeah. person, in that artist, you don't know. I know the most talented people who gave up the business just yeah. because that was their path or whatever. That was their yeah. choice. So you, as a teacher, I think our job, cause I, I, I just got done doing a Broadway summer camp in Montana yeah. and I came back yesterday and I, 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 I'm, I'm so, I love to give back in that way. And I'm so glad that you're out there teaching first of all, cause we need people oh, like you, you teaching, you. but, um, I think it's so important to give back uh, what you can and lift up whatever you can of that artist and that person. And because it is such a scary business, right? I mean, I feel like it's more of a mental game than entirely talent. Like there's that part of it too, which you talk about in your book, like the jealousy, the envy, the negotiating, you know, all mm-hmm. of it. It's, um, yeah. I feel like I, I feel like the mental part of it, um, as a as a student and, and a teacher, I think that's that's something that um, I know I try to do is help help them negotiate mentally this being an artist thing, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's uh, there's also just time. Do you mean there's just the passage mm-hmm. of time that uh, that allows you to pick up anything, whether it's a script or a song or whatever it is, and just simply understand it a little better. Because a little more time has passed and you're, you've been around the globe a few more times. I mean, like yeah. you, you've lived a few more years, I should say, around the sun. Uh, but, uh, but you know what I <laughs> yeah, meant. I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> but uh, you, you understand it better and you also have a little more courage than you probably had. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, 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 a lot of young people, you know, they don't quite know who they are yet. And then as time passes, you do. And then you have a little more to contribute. And you also... If you are going to stay in and do it, um, you 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 develop a little you know a little stronger spine than you had before, and a little a little more guts, and mm-hmm. a little more willingness to stick your neck out, and a little less fear of being embarrassed, and all those things uh, add up to something after a while. And people, my God, I mean, I've known Margot Martindale for years. And I love her so much. Way. I oh want my to... God, everybody loves her. <laughs> I know. Everybody, Everybody loves, loves her. I don't, Everybody know, her, I don't know her personally, but but she is just, uh, yeah, she's a delight. She's always been a delight. And, and uh, you know, and uh, lo and behold, and when she was 60 years old, she got this one part 
that completely turned, it was just, it turned everything. It mm-hmm. turned everything overnight. And, uh, and it's just miraculous and wonderful. And uh, it, it, things like that can happen. And I don't know, it's just, it's, it's so sort of terribly unpredictable, but it's also kind of wonderful in that way. I kind of like the democracy of show business and that it, in a weird way, it is ter- it's wonderfully fair do you mm-hmm. they mean? Yes. It's like uh, sometimes people can come in and they, I don't know, maybe they don't have a tremendously wide range. Maybe there's one thing that they do and they do it really well. And they come in at the right time and the right show and the right moment. And they're fantastic. And yeah. they're, they, they get all this acclaim and they come out of nowhere. And, and who am I to say that that's unfair? If they're wonderful, they're wonderful. You know? Oh, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's one of the greatest things. Like you said, it's, it's, it is so great that there isn't really a time limit. You know, I feel like sometimes, uh, there can be like certain, like you were talking about gaps in your, in your acting, but then that, you know, like the time when you maybe were not, um, able to play a teenager anymore. And there's like, you know, for for women, sometimes when they get to a certain age, there's that gap of like, what do I do with you? You're not an ingenue anymore, but you're not that. But I feel like what's great about the industry is the more life that you live, um, the better you get. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. feel, I feel for me as a performer and an actor, I just, I, I don't know if I'm tooting my own horn, but I feel like I get better. And maybe yeah. it is, it is that I calm down a little bit and that I'm, I'm not so ignorant on fire. I'm, I'm more knowledge on fire or, you know, my, my flame has been doused a little, so I'm not like crazy ambitious, but I'm more, uh-huh. I, I'm still in it. And I'm such a fan of this business. Yeah. I'm such a fan of so many people in this business and I want to work with them. I want to work yeah. with you. I want to work uh, with same here. <laughs> you know, it'd be awesome. Wouldn't it be awesome? I think it would I be agree. great. It would be great. But, um, you've just given so much, so much advice to, uh, whoever's listening to myself. You know, I, I, I'm just glad to talk to you and get to, oh, to you. know you a little better and have, this tremendous book out there in the world. And now your one man show, when is it going to be taped again? Uh, we are recording it in front of a couple of live audiences in September. Um, okay. and the name, the name of the show, which is also going to be the name of the, the audio book is David Dean Bottrell makes love a one man show. Yes. And, um, it is a collection of true love stories out of my life. And, um, they're, they're all true. They're all, you know, Pretty, pretty darn funny, if I do say so myself. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then uh, it will be released as an audio book, I believe, on Valentine's Day of 2020 is the current game plan. That oh, my I, God. I think is the – yeah, I know. Isn't that great? That's so and exciting. It's so I exciting. No, it is. It isn't is, that – is, is that cathartic for you to do something like that, to do a show that is – uh, you know, um, true stories of your life. I don't know. I've never is. done it, it. So it is, it is, it's, it's evolved. I've been doing it on and off for a number of years. I sort of stepped away from it for a few years to do some other stuff. Yeah. When I, when I came back to New York, I decided to bring it back. And, um, I discovered that I was a different guy than I was a few yeah. years ago. I just, life has changed me of course. as it does. And I, uh, so I rewrote the show and I, I took a bunch of stories out and replaced them with new stories. Um, and, uh, the whole tone of the show got darker. I don't, but it, no less funny, but the whole show definitely darkened up a little bit. Yeah. And in a good way, because I'm a different guy and I'm a little darker than I used to be, frankly. <laughs> and so it's, it's not, you know, it's not depressing or anything. It's actually funnier in a weird yeah. kind of way. It's even more funny because it's a little more courageous. And I talk about some even more uncomfortable things that I didn't talk about before. And it's, 
I was stunned by the response I got here in New York with it. And then this has been kind of this very lucky thing. So now I believe it's going to have um, a theatrical life. Uh, as I mean, I think it's coming back, but I don't know what the details of that are just yet, so I can't really announce anything. But yeah. I believe that it will. So that's good. I and, hope it comes um, back to LA. I really I'm do. I'm trying. I would I'm love trying to that. Get it back. Yeah. I'm trying would, to get it back there. And you know, I would be there opening night. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. It's, uh, it's, it is cathartic. It's also terrifying. I, it's a, it's the most terrifying. I never wanted to be a stand up. I never really wanted to work by myself, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it is, it, it is not me playing a character. It is me talking direct address to people. And uh, there's certainly performing involved in it. I don't, I'm not one of those guys, I'm not like, you know, John Leguizamo where I'm playing a thousand characters. It is primarily me as me. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it, and it, I, I, many times I will be honest and say, I wish there was somebody else out there to talk to mm-hmm. or to just sort of hand it off and say, Hey, why don't you talk for a while and I'll just listen. <laughs> and, but there's, that is not an option in this particular show. Um, so it is, it's, it's amazing, and I have come to realize that the other character is the audience. Um, mm-hmm. So I've, I've come to trust that a little bit more, but it is a little odd because they're so all audiences, as we all know. Anybody who works live knows that all audiences are different. Yeah. And so when you go out there, I keep thinking, oh, I'm going to do a show tonight with someone I've never rehearsed with. And I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to behave. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to think this is funny. I don't, you know, I don't know how this is going to go. And so in that way, it's a little unnerving, but it's also thrilling. And uh, it, talk about feeling alive. Good God. You know, Absolutely. Uh, you're, you're as, about as, out on, as far on that limb as you can go. And so that's, that part, I must say, is thrilling. And I, I do like, as long as I'm going to be doing this, which is hopefully until I die, um, I, and I mean that is a good thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. I'm right there with I, you. I hope that I continue to do things like this that push me a little bit yeah. and that are new territory for me. And, um, I just actually, this is, you know, you're a marvelously accomplished musical actor. Um, Thank I, you. I, I am, uh, I have always, I, I start, I studied singing when I was very young and then I walked away from it. Uh-huh. And now Many years later, I am now studying it again. And, I love um, that. I do too. And, and I have a different voice now than I had when I was 20 years old, but I still have a voice. Yeah. And, and I am I'm actually, and, it's, and I actually kind of like the way it sounds. It's different, but I like it. And so now as it's one of the things that I'm now kind of playing around with is, okay, well, I'm kind of a character actor now, but there are roles for character people in musicals and you don't even have to dance. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and it um, should, it should scare you a little. Like I feel like it this, does. This, you're like, it scares me a lot. No, but I feel like what, what you were talking about, like doing a one man show and, 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 and singing or doing something that that's extra, that is not, that is out of your wheelhouse. I feel like is, um, is something that, you know, you should do stuff that scares you. You should do stuff yeah. that like, that, uh, makes you a little like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I think if yeah. that, if, if, if a project comes along for me and I'm like, I'm not sure I can do this, then I know that it's right for yeah. me. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, well, I, you know, thank you so much for talking with me and taking the time. Oh my God, out it's of a your... total pleasure. Thank <laughs> you so much. Oh my God, you're welcome. And I hope everybody, you know, I'm, I'm going to, um, I've plugged your book a thousand times. I'm going to plug it again. 
please go out and get the working actor. It's just a phenomenal, phenomenal read. And it's like a, it's kind of like the, uh, the Bible for a working actor. If I was well, that's so very old. sweet of you. <laughs> I, I, I would go as far as to say it's the truth, and it's it's written not from the mountaintop, but from the battlefield. From the battlefield, yes. Um, it's, <laughs> exactly. uh, it is it is absolutely from uh, not from somebody who is a star, but somebody who has been at it for a long time, and yes. my bills are paid, and I live a nice life. Yes. And it's interesting, and yeah. I love doing it. And I, like I said, I've had a great time, and I hope I will continue to. And I'm just passing along what I've observed and what I've lived, and um, to sort of make it maybe a little easier for the next person coming down the pike. But we all got to live our lives, and all got to experience our careers, and they are all going to be unique. It is absolutely your career is going to be unique. However, however you come at it, it you it, there's no way it's however it unfolds is going to be perfect for you. If you stay at it mm-hmm. and you try to get better at it, and if you figure out where they are doing the work that you want to do and try to inch a little closer to that spot every day, I can promise you something will work out. Something will come true. Yeah. Ah, uh, you're such a gift. Thank you so much. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thanks so for having lovely. me on your on your podcast. This is so podcast. much fun. It wasn't it fun? I had a great, it was a super great fun. time. Yeah. And I, you know, well, I I really do hope we get to work together. I absolutely Me too. Do. I think I would it's going to happen. I'm putting it out there in the universe. So Good. Somebody... Well, now my latest dream is I want to be in a musical. So let's be in a musical together. Let's, let's be in a musical <laughs> together. I would love it. Oh, my God. Me too. Me too. And hopefully I'll get to come back and talk about the um, audio book in February. Oh, my God. I would love that. And and please, if you're out here in L.A. or if I'm in New York, I'm now that I've got your number, I'm going to look you up and we'll, we'll hang out and get to know each other better. And I just I'd love that. I just am such a fan of you. So thank you so much. And I you. Thank you so much, <laughs> Meredith. I okay. really appreciate it. Okay, of course. Thanks, David. We'll talk soon. To support this podcast, make a donation or become a sponsor, visit confessionsofanactress.com. Be sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Meredith Patterson. And remember, have vision for what you want and be grateful for where you are.